0: you're listening to the locked on broncos podcast hosted by cody rourke your daily broncos podcast
1: Denver Broncos general manager George Payton is a road warrior attending some of these NFL draft prospects pro days. Penn State yesterday, BYU today to check out BYU quarterback Zach Wilson. He is a very busy man, plus a two-part interview with Jim Davis of the team 1340 in Grand Junction and sharing my thoughts on the Broncos offseason moves. You guys get that here on today's brand new episode, Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, senior NFL analyst at Pro Football Network and Broncos Insider for the Lockdown NFL Network. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. Follow the podcast at Lockdown Broncos. Subscribe to the Denver Broncos Film Room on YouTube at Cody Rourke NFL. Be sure to check that out there. We put the full on half hour Kyle Fuller tape out there. And if you're a brand new listener to the show, if you're returning and you love this show, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, tune in, or our good friends over there at Spotify for more daily exclusive Denver Broncos news, content and coverage that you get 30 minutes or less every single day, all year long. But with that said, folks, Denver Broncos general manager, George Payton, continues his scouting presence as the GM and not too often you don't really see a lot of general managers hit the road often at times for pro days and any kind of scouting combines you see a lot of scouts you see a lot of coaching staffs go check out some of these players but George Payton who came up through the NFL ranks as an NFL scout he put in the dirty work he understands the importance behind that and he loves it that's the one thing i think that stands out to me not only about George Payton as a GM but he's got that blue collar work ethic where He wants to still do the things that he did the moment he came into the league, right? Going out, traveling, watching prospects, watching college prospects put on performances in terms of agility drills, weights, football drills, being able to see them throw. He's doing all of these things. And yesterday, he headed up to Penn State to check out, obviously, their talent that they have, obviously, a linebacker. Micah Parsons being talked about a lot by a lot of NFL teams. Uh, outside of that, I'm going to share my thoughts on the Micah Parsons thing, but the Broncos actually could have been looking at another player as well. They had various players running in the 4.39, 4.38 range, but the official combine numbers for some of these players is ridiculous. Starting off with Micah Parsons, obviously uh, for him, 246 pounds. His hand size is around 11. His 40-yard dash was timed, and this is official, 4.39. His 10-yard was 1.59. Obviously, that split there, that's a really good metric in terms of being able to show change of pace, how fast he is. And obviously, if you watch Micah Parsons on the football film, you will see a lot of that from him. But the Broncos probably, you know, obviously they had an eye on him. But the Broncos more than likely had their eye on Jason Oway, defensive end. Now, not a lot of football experience for him, but he is an athletic specimen. He is also around 257 pounds, six foot five, runs a 4.39 forty-yard dash, and he's highly regarded as one of the most athletic players in this year's NFL draft. Denver could have interest there. Now, right when you take a look at it, do the Broncos need help at defensive end? Would he play D end in Vic Fangio's defensive scheme? He would not be a defensive end. They would convert him to an edge rusher. He's got the size. He's got the athleticism. He even maybe asked to play inside backer. He has the capability of doing that. But do the Broncos want to gamble on converting a defensive end, a down lineman, to linebacker? Or would it just be safer if you're really interested in him to bumping him out. Is he a first-round talent? I'm not quite sure if he's a first-round talent just yet. I imagine he'll be a second-round, third-round guy, but then again, these numbers that you put up in testing can obviously amplify where you're able to go. Now, I do want to touch on Michael Parsons a little bit, and and I saw an article as to really what happened with some of the off-field stuff, the hazing stuff, and to be honest with you, going through it and, and reading the affidavit, reading the court report, it, it sounds very, very disturbing. Now, nobody's really talking about that in the media right now, which is you know odd to say you know he's still projected to go in the top 10 he's a top 10 pick according to a lot of people now obviously Benjamin Albright, Tony Pauline, Trey Wingo these guys have reported that they believe that some of the off-field concerns could actually drop his stock to maybe mid round one maybe even out of round one possibly but based on the numbers that he put up in the scouting combine I don't see him really dropping out of round one at all and you have to do some extensive background but the reports and the allegations of hazing and and grabbing you know a player by the throat you know it really kind of just choking him and causing that player to pull a knife out on him to, to try to try to protect himself. I mean, the story, the details of it are very horrible. And, you know, myself, I've been in a locker room. I've seen hazing. I've been hazing. Like, you know, when you come into high school football, freshman year, guess what? All the seniors, they're going to haze you. I mean, we got pissed on. Like, we literally got pissed on By other people. And as bad as it is, like looking back in hindsight, I mean, that is that's in a sense, sexual harassment right there. You know, that is very demoralizing and there is no place for hazing in locker rooms. I know it happens, but in the NFL, you're not going to get that. You're not going to get that unless you go to an organization that has a terrible culture. And I don't think we've heard of that happening in NFL locker rooms. Obviously, you have the rookie stuff where you know they, they shave your head and you have to carry pads. That's fine. That's lightweight stuff. But we're talking about actual physical violence, intimidation, and threatening. I don't know if the Broncos are going to be big on that. I don't know if the Broncos want that, despite how talented of a player Michael Parsons is. I would be very shocked if the Broncos were interested in that. So I don't think that Parsons will be the Broncos' pick going forward. So we'll take a, you know, kind of a little bit of a look there. But George Payton, his work isn't done, folks. I mean, he went to Penn State yesterday. He's at BYU today to watch quarterback Zach Wilson throw. Now, a lot of the talk right now around the NFL community is that Zach Wilson is primed to probably go to the New York Jets at pick number two, but you never know. Dever might be having a conversation. Dever might be actually going to this pro day because the Jets will be there as well. Maybe they'll have a conversation about Sam Darnold, right? Because the writing on the wall suggests that Sam Darnold could be on his way out of the organization in a trade through free agency or even on drafted So I think it really depends on where the Broncos are at. Zach Wilson obviously has some talent that you know a lot of teams, including the Broncos, are interested in, but I don't think that Denver's going to be in a position to select Zach Wilson. I think that more than likely if they're going to trade up, it's going to be for Trey Lance uh, more than likely, more than any other quarterback prospect in this year's draft because you're not going to get to two, not unless you give away a really key player. I don't think Denver's going to do that. But Broncos country, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to get into the interview I did with the Team 1340, the Jim Davis Show radio station here in Grand Junction, Colorado, about my thoughts on the Broncos' offseason moves. Could they look at some other mid-round quarterbacks in the later rounds, four, five, what type of different moves can they make? Plus a little bit of a look at free agency as well. But before we do that, folks, i got to tell you guys about the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. It's our good friends over there at BetOnline.ag. And BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football may be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. The Denver Nuggets shifted a couple of trades that might amplify their chances of winning the NBA Finals. BetOnline has you covered. there. They even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, the scores, and the odds, and it's the best way to place your bets Plus, it's free to sign up. So, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKED ON. Bet online, your
0: online sportsbook experts. He's the host of the Locked On Broncos podcast. You can find wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Cody Rourke joins us. Cody, good morning. How are you, sir?
2: I'm good, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? Obviously, uh, you know, a lot of optimism, I think, by Broncos fans right now.
0: No doubt about it. Talk about uh, the outhouse to the penthouse when it comes to the Broncos secondary and and what George Payton has done in free agency. I'm going to ask you the question we're asking the listeners today. On paper, do the Broncos have the best secondary in the NFL right now?
2: Uh, I'd say it's hard to argue against, yeah. I mean, you know, paper move, yeah, they do, because they have Justin Simmons back long-term, arguably one of the best NFL safeties last season. He and Kareem Jackson were a very strong duo together the last couple of seasons. And then you had Ronald Darby, who had a really tremendous year for the Washington football team last season. And then you bring in Kyle Fuller as well, who is a legitimate number one cornerback, who will follow the opposing team's number one wide receiver wherever they go. Uh, he's that type of guy. And I think it, it, you know, I think for uh, the Broncos, it's just going to allow them to play freely. Now you factor in Von Miller's back, Bradley Chubb's back, Mike Purcell, Shelby Harris. Uh, that's a scary-looking defense right now.
0: Cody Rourke, host of the Lockdown Broncos podcast with us on the Team Sports Network. And what I think it also does for the Broncos, too, for George Payton at number nine, where it looked like it was almost a well, – the priorities are going to be cornerback. And maybe it's Patrick Sertan from Alabama, Caleb Fairley from Virginia Tech, that the cornerback was going to be the number one target potentially for the Broncos at number nine. That's assuming they stay at number nine. Could trade up, could trade back. We're not sure exactly. But it certainly now opens up the opportunity to look at other spots. Maybe uh, you know uh, Pene from from Oregon. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's a quarterback. Maybe it's Mac Jones. Maybe it's Trey Lance. It definitely seems like it opens up a lot of Micah Parsons, uh, the Penn State linebacker. It opens up a lot of opportunity for George Payton at that number nine spot.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think with these moves that Denver's gone into a free agency, you know, George Payton said, we don't want to build our team through free agency. You never want to get into that strategy. You want to build your team through the NFL draft. Uh, you want to use free agency to, you know, fill any holes that you have. And Denver, a cornerback was a big issue for Denver coming into this off season. They went and they filled that hole. You know, Ronald Darby came in, and, and Denver wasn't done at that point. They, would, they made an aggressive push for Kyle Fuller, though they didn't really need to because Kyle Fuller wanted to come to Denver, anyways, to reunite with Vic Fangio. So it it made that decision a lot easier. And then, obviously, you retain your in-house guys. You bring Kareem Jackson back, which I don't think anybody, you know, Jim, if you would have told me a month ago or two months ago when we were talking that, you know, could you see a scenario where Kareem Jackson's back, Von Miller, Justin Simmons is locked up long-term, and Denver gets two cornerbacks in free agency, and Shelby Harris returns, I'd have been like, no, there's no way. You know, there's no way that they could do that. But, obviously, the market this year has kind of reset. And Anthony Harris, you can thank him for that. Uh, with his one-year, $5 million deal that he signed, they were able to do that. The, you know, Kareem Jackson initially wanted a one-year, $8 million deal. That's a lot right now for a 33-year-old safety, considering the market right now, uh, especially on one-year deals. So Denver, you know, they go out and they fulfill pretty much every hold that they had uh, coming into free agency that they really needed to address. And now, I mean, it gives George Payton the complete breathing room to just go to these pro days and watch these players and really do the digging on who he believes will be the best pick for the Broncos at nine, or if they want to trade up, they have the, you know, the information necessary. They want to trade back and acquire more capital. It's certainly on the table. So Denver's sitting in a position. I imagine George Payton sleeps really well at night, right? (laughs) now. I mean, he's, uh, he's maneuvering it. You know, I think Broncos fans, Broncos fans are really coming around to, you know, George Payton are seeing some of the things he's doing. Now we have to see the on-field product, obviously, but uh, he's created a lot of excitement from fans, you know, fans that I've talked to. So I think that's a sign of a, know the right direction because just two and a half months ago Jim before he was even the GM, it was Doom and Gloom from Broncos fans. Absolutely. So, uh, what a what a job that he's done in in his first two months and he's not done yet, so we'll see how it continues to shape out.
0: On this day, on March 24th, who do you think or what do you think happens for the Broncos at the ninth overall pick? What do you think they do right at this moment considering what's what's happened over the last uh several days?
2: Well, you know, I they they definitely wanted to bring in competition at quarterback. I don't know if that's going to happen. You know, they're still eyeing some potential trades, but they don't really need to right now. I, I think that Denver's in a position where if they really feel good about one of these quarterback prospects, and, and part of me feels like they might be, you know, warming up to the idea of Trey Lance a little bit, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Denver maybe even try to trade up to pick number three, maybe just to get him, because Atlanta is rumored to have interest in him. I don't think Zach Wilson will be available at three. I think he's going number two to the New York Jets. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence going one to Jacksonville. Uh, But Miami is open to trading that number three pick, and Denver might just look at acquiring that and and getting into the mix there. Um, For me, you know, Jim, if I had to give a prediction today, I think that Denver's going to trade up for a QB.
0: Who do you think that QB might be?
2: I think it's going to be Trey Lance. I think that'll be uh, the guy for Denver. I think Carolina's going to make an effort to get Mac Jones, obviously because Matt Rule had a chance to work with him and really raved about him at the Senior Bowl. Uh, I think that he's going to be the option there for them. Uh, Trey Lance probably makes the most sense right now because, you know, he's a young guy, he's going to come in, he's going to learn the system, and Drew's going to get essentially this year, but there there might be a chance of Drew struggling. They put him in at the second half of the season. Uh, that's something I see playing out for Denver. You know, if Drew Locke takes the next step, then that's great, but, you know, his job is by, you know, no means anywhere safe. You know, he's going to have to come in and compete, and, and why not? Why not have a rookie quarterback come in and compete with, you know, a guy who's played 17 games, and you know, it hasn't really quite gotten ingrained in the NFL just yet. I, you know, I think the Denver's in a position where they have these wide receivers, they have all these talent, they have all this talent around them at the skill player positions. They have a pretty solidified offensive line, and then they have a very strong defense. I think you can take that risk if you're George Payton.
0: Cody Rourke, host of the Lockdown Broncos podcast, with us today on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network, uh, NFL Network's Daniel Jeremiah. Commented recently on Kellen Mond, the Texas A&M quarterback, that that might be a guy that fits the Broncos. Maybe a a third round pick for Denver. This is assuming though they don't trade up, right? I mean, Kellen Mond is kind of if they're going to stay status quo, and it's going to be Drew Locke. Maybe it's an Alex Smith, and then Mond comes in as the as the the rookie, the young guy with with certainly credentials that that speak to him. Maybe having some success in this league. That. Where do you see, does Kellen Mond fit in this all? If they, Like I said, if they trade, if they move up or they trade maybe with the Jets to get Darnold, doesn't that kind of take a Kellen Mond to Denver uh, possible scenario off the table?
2: I don't think so. You know, I think it really depends on, on what Denver wants. And, you know, right now this is just a one-year window for Vic Fangio. You know, the talk is that Vic's got to win games or else his job is in jeopardy, but I don't know, Jim. I think that with the way that, uh, you know, George Payton's gone up there and has orchestrated these moves, I think Vic has two years. You know, I, I think that Denver, to be honest with you on paper, they should be a better football team this year. They're, you know, I, I can't see them being a sub-500 team with this roster that they currently have and with the coaches that they have in place. And if they do that, you know, there's a chance that Vic could be gone. But I, I still feel right now that I'd be very shocked. And so for Denver, really, quarterback is the one position and right tackle where, they had to really try to come out and strategize what is the best option for our football team. And George Payton, he does believe in Drew Locke and, and they don't want to give up on Drew Locke too soon, but they also don't want to put themselves in a position where it's like shooting fish in a barrel where they're, you know, they go through 2021, Drew Locke has an average year or, you know, it doesn't progress or takes the next step. And then Denver finds themselves maybe picking, you know, at maybe in the 15th range, you know, like they have the last couple of years. So, they have, they're in a position right now where they're really evaluating all their options, and definitely a quarterback in round three is on the table for them. Uh, trading for a quarterback like Darnold is still on the table for them. Uh, but, you know, what George Payton had said in his press conference last week, we have a lot of time between now and, you know, by the time we play football. So we're evaluating every decision closely. And I think based on the moves that he's made so far, I, I think that Broncos fans are in a good position to kind of sit back and just wait and see what he does.
1: And we're going to get to part two of our interview with the Jim Davis show coming up here in just a moment. We talk about how the Deshaun Watson stuff impacts some of the NFL teams that are interested in him. Plus, we also dive a little bit into the Kellen Mond discussion here for the organization, whether or not the Broncos can be an improved team, maybe compete for the playoffs. But before we do that, folks, I got to tell you guys about the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. That's a good friends over there at Built Bar. And we've been telling you about Built Bar for quite some time now, the best tasting protein bar On the market, Bill Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And now is the time to find out which Bilt Bar flavor is the best for Bilt Bar Madness. And today's matchup, folks, is Cookie Dough Chunk versus Birthday Cake. And I tell you what, Cookie Dough Chunk is delicious. It's one of my favorite flavors there. And for me, I'm going with Cookie Dough Chunk on this one. I'm not much of a Birthday Cake fan. I'm not much of a white chocolate fan. It didn't really appeal to my taste buds. And I know that we all love Cookie Dough. I eat Cookie Dough raw all the time. I don't care. I've never gotten sick. I do it all the time. So Cookie Dough Chunk gets my vote. And you can cast your vote at Bar or on Twitter at Bar underscore Built. And remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back today to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. Cody Work, Locked on Broncos Podcast, joining us on The Jim Davis Show. Now, I want to preface this with saying I don't believe they're going to win the Super Bowl. I don't know if they're going to be that good. But... Last year, Buck's defense was like, "Eh, it's not that good, but it was because their quarterback kept turning the ball over and putting him in a bad spot. They get a quarterback that takes care of the football, and all of a sudden that defense is pretty good. Broncos' defense got a lot better this offseason with a quarterback that can take care of the football a little better. Maybe they will get even better defensively. They will improve a lot more numbers-wise. Which quarterback that is out there, free agency, trades, draft, do you think gives them that best option at really taking care of the football offensively and making the defense look better
2: yeah that's a great question uh you know i i believe and, and i went back i'm probably about week 16 right now on my film review i go back and I watch the the game from the all 22 angle uh you know a couple times over just to you know kind of prepare myself for the draft i think that drew Watt can have that potential to be that guy now down the stretch he played really well you know not a lot of people are talking about it and rightfully so, they're not because the Broncos, they lost those games. Uh, you know, there were two boneheaded interceptions that drew through, one against the Kansas City Chiefs on that opening drive Sunday night football, one in that first quarter on the first drive against the Los Angeles Chargers on a scramble drill uh, where he really forced it into a window that he shouldn't have. Those were two mistakes that he made, but outside of that, you know, in that same Chargers game, there were drops by wide receivers in that same Chiefs game. There were a couple of drops by the receivers, especially on – you know, KJ Hamler on a third and one, he had a drop there that would have converted the change, gave the Broncos an opportunity to maybe go down and score and put themselves in a position to win the game. And then that you know that Chargers game, Jerry Judy had all those drops there. And you know the Raiders, he played actually a really good game against the Raiders. You know that ninety-two yard touchdown to Jerry Judy was a really good throw on third and ten, and you know back up on the two yard line. But the thing that I'm looking at here. Uh, with the Broncos is that, you know, Drew Locke maybe can be the guy, but if there's any other option out there, if there's a veteran option that gives Denver the best chance with this defense and the talent around them, I think that the Broncos would have to make a trade for Sam Darnold. I think that Darnold was in such a, you know, a really derogatory system for his development as a quarterback under Adam Gase. And even, you know, towards the end of last season, I mean, Darnold was dishing dimes and unfortunately you know they had a really bad defensive coordinator. They would call, you know, engage eight. You know, just all-out blitz on a, you know, third and long to try to save the game against the Raiders. Darnold was actually playing really good football down the stretch for them. So uh, I would have to say, right now, for me personally, if I had to make a move, I'd either keep Drew Lock or I'd trade for Sam Darnold.
0: Cody Roark hosts the Locked Broncos podcast with us today on the Team Sports Network. Uh, the Broncos releasing tight end Nick Vanette, Jake Butt, and the Broncos parting uh, ways a few days ago. So uh, that, that that tight end room getting smaller and smaller with those two guys gone.
2: Yeah, and, you know, to be honest with you, Jim, I, I thought the the move of cutting Nick Vanak, it was a little bit of a surprise to me. The reason why, when you look at that tight end room, Noah Fant, you know, dealt with injuries all last season. Albert O, you know, went down with the torn ACL. The one's you know, constant for them, the one consistent guy that was in there you know, as probably their best blocking tight end was Nick Vanette. And he became a little bit of a reliable receiving threat for Drew Locke down the stretch last season. You know, to me, I, I wonder what their plan is. Are they looking in this year's NFL draft? Are they looking at the free agency market? Right now, there's not really any free agents out there that I would bring in that I'd say would be, a you know, an upgrade over Nick Vanette. And, you know, after talking to some Broncos players, they really like Nick Vanette and, and the fact that he was a great leader in that room for them. He taught some of those younger tight ends a lot of things. I don't think Troy Fumigali is back. You have Andrew Beck as a hybrid fullback tight end type player. I just don't see the Denver Broncos going to the next season with three tight ends, especially with Albert Oak coming off of an ACL. So for me, I don't think it was a cap move because you know Denver's sitting pretty right now with cap space. So, you know, they, they might have something bigger planned. You know, could they even go Kyle Pitts? I I would be shocked if they did, but you never know these days in the NFL. It's crazy uh the decisions we see some organizations make.
0: Cody York hosts the Lockdown Broncos podcast. You can listen to Cody's podcast, or if get your favorite podcast, he joins us today on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. And getting back to quarterbacks for just a moment, the 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 ongoing saga of Deshaun Watson. Now more accusers, sixteen with the uh, the, the civil uh, suits that have been filed against Deshaun Watson for uh, sexual assault and harassment. Uh, uh, certainly, I would I would think has. Has cooled a lot of teams' interest in him. I, I do you see the Texans just outright cutting him, or is there anybody out there that's still a taker, or is he now to the point where the Texans are going, okay, your damaged goods? Or he has to acknowledge that I'm just going to have to eat some crow here and just stay with the Texans, considering uh, what's what's transpired.
2: Yeah, I mean it's a it's a really rough situation right now, and you know Benjamin Albright of KOA had reported that you know some several NFL teams. And I imagine the Broncos are one of them. Panthers are one of them as well. This is a process that could lead all the way up through September. So this has kind of changed the organization's thoughts. Okay, you know, right now we're not uh, we're not touching it because you know right. the situation. You know, there, there's two different sides to it. You know, there's there's a side where we hope that this is something that didn't happen, but there's a reality that this this could have happened. And so you know, it's either somebody put it out there greatly on Twitter yesterday. I can't remember who it was, but they said. This could be one of the biggest frame jobs uh, frame jobs ever. It could be one of the biggest falls from grace that we have ever seen uh, from an athlete standpoint. And so the process has to play out. Uh, unfortunately, you know the Texans they can't just outright release him because of the significant cap hit they would incur for them. They would have a lot of dead cap that would haunt them for probably the next five to six years and they can't afford that right now. So they're just going to go through the process, the legal process. The NFL right now, they're still doing their investigation. But this whole situation has definitely cooled a lot of NFL teams' views on Deshaun Watson and their plans to maybe try to push and try to trade for him. Now, you know, when the dust settles, I mean, his trade value could lessen. We'll have to see what obviously comes of the investigation and the whole legal process. But, yeah, it's not looking so good right now for Deshaun Watson. So I think a lot of NFL teams are just moving forward.
1: Always fun to jump on with Jim and the guys at the Team 1340 in Grand Junction. Looking forward to that every single week. You guys can catch me there on Wednesdays at 9.20 a.m. Mountain Time, being able to talk Broncos football with them. But with that said, Broncos country, obviously free agency is continuing. A lot of teams are shifting their focus to the NFL draft. We know George Payton's at BYU today watching Zach Wilson. He's going to be on the road. He's putting in a lot of uh, the grunt work. And that's one thing, like I said at the top of the show, I I really appreciate that about Payton. And I think fans should appreciate that because he's going to do the work. He's going to actually have eyes on the guys himself alongside with the scouts to be able to see which players can come in and maybe fit the mold for what the Broncos are looking for. As free agency continues, there could still be a couple moves here and there. If something happens, we'll have you covered here in the Lockdown Broncos podcast. But with that said, Broncos country, enjoy your weekend. Stay safe. We'll be back on Monday for a brand new episode of the show. Maybe we'll get Mario Vitanzi on here alongside Patrick Chiodi. We could get the dynamic trio in here once again. But with that said, Broncos country, I'm Cody Work, host of Lockdown Broncos. We'll see you Monday for a brand new episode of the show.